this shit up. It's now time for Mark's Side of the Ring, the pro wrestling podcast where three marks... I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Discuss pro wrestling like it's real. And now, here's Dick Ford. And Hogan, you big ball son of a bitch, kiss my ass! Joey Vegas. And Mike Madness. Oh, yeah! This is Mark Side of the Ring. I am Dick Ford. I am joined by Joey Vegas. For the third and final time, all others are impersonators. I am the one, the only, Brother uh, Love. As well as Mike Madness. Gentlemen, it is a absolute honor to be here in your virtual presence. You guys are just beautiful. Oh, so nice. That's, that's a nice thing. Why don't you say nice things like that? Instead, you're like, often imitated, never duplicated. Because I don't like you. I'm also full of shit. Oh. Yeah, he's a liar. Yeah. But why can't you lie like him? I'm Abraham Lincoln. I've never told a lie. So, yes, this is Mark's Side of the Ring. We've got an action-packed show tonight. JCD is here to update us on what is going on in the current state of the world wrestling entertainment, because none of us watch it. So he'll provide us with that update. We're also going to watch the Hulk Hogan-Andre the Giant match from the main event, which took place on February 5th, 1988. We just passed the 34-year anniversary. And not only is that the re- one of the reasons why we're going to play it, but we're also going to play it, watch it rather, because this is my first wrestling memory. This is the first time I remember watching wrestling. Hulk Hogan defending the WWF championship against Andre the Giant in front of 34 million people on television. There wasn't 34 million people in attendance. It was just on uh, TV. Well, Vince probably would tell you there was 34 million in attendance. <laughs> yeah. It's a rating that we'll never see again for as long as any of us are on this planet. I don't know. I think if if all if if New Japan and AEW and WB all came together for a super show, not even close. It would come close. Not even. Not it even would come close. close. The format, the way things are today, it would be all streaming service. They don't even do this the same way. We don't even know how many people watch this shit. Well, they do. They put they it are on able, NBC. They are able to, the to track streamers, but there's no way. There's no, there's no way because there's nobody that would even come close to the star power of Hulk Hogan. Not even close. He's still to this day. He's just the biggest thing that's ever happened in the industry. It was the right time. It was just what it is, you know. It's John Cena never lived up to him. I don't care what anybody says. No, no one, no one should be able to even try to tell you otherwise. Also tonight, we're going to. Go over. I have the results here from the January 17, 2022 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame balloting results. Perfect. Ultimate Warrior, Sergeant Slaughter, Rocky Johnson's penis. Done. Let's put on the fucking show. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to a couple of our um, preludes, we gave our own ballots. If you missed it, you could go back and, and listen to it. So I thought it would be interesting if we went over the results from, from the voters and see how our voting did compared to their voting, the real-life voting. I'm 100%. All my guys that I said got it. Whether it whether whether the vote says they just don't know what they're talking about. Okay. If David Ortiz can get in the MLB Hall of Fame, Rocky Johnson can get in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, or sorry, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. So we will uh, go over those. We'll just start with that. We'll start with that, and then we'll watch Hogan Andre from 1988, and then JCD will will check in with JCD to talk about the Royal Rumble. Did you watch the Royal Rumble, Mister Madness? I did not watch the Royal Rumble, guys. I'm as checked out of WWE's product as you can be at this point. Um, unfortunately, I w- I'd love to watch it. I really would. I would really like to look forward to Raw like I used to. It just it doesn't happen. I've tried, and we're not getting there. Yeah, I actually watched it the first time I've watched anything from WWE in a very long time. I, only, I watched half the show, had no desire to go back and watch the first half, and I haven't been back since. I haven't been back since either, but I did watch the uh, Roman match, uh, and I did watch the Men's Royal Rumble. I did not see the Women's Royal Rumble, though, because I really didn't care, because I knew who That's- was winning. That's hard to give a shit about it, indeed. And I'll tell you this. I haven't been a big fan of WWE in recent years, maybe even the last decade. Um, but even so, even half-assed paying attention to it, I would always make sure I watched the Royal Rumble, no matter where I was with it. But at this point, I don't know if COVID and the pandemic really even just depleted my interest even more. But that's where we're at. Maybe one of these days things will pick up and I'll get back in. But uh, we'll go from there. All right. So. We'll let JCD break down uh, the Royal Rumble a little later. Let's dive into this Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. So if you're unfamiliar, if you're listening to the show for the first time, all of us are under the belief, I think, or at least all of us should be under the belief, that the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame is a bunch of bullshit. And the only Hall of Fame that truly matters, the only Hall of Fames uh, that truly matter, the ones that are voted on, by actual living people and not by Vince McMahon. So with that being said, the Observer Hall of Fame is one, and there's another Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame that I would uh, trust. Uh, the WWE Hall of Fame, I don't know why, every year it turns out to be some this great debate, and it, it really is not that thought through. It's really just who Vince wants to put in. So... uh I think that Hall of Fame is full of shit. Therefore, we don't really cover it uh, on this show. But I do believe in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. So we went through and we made all of our selections a few weeks ago. When was that? December? Yeah, I believe that was uh, early. No. um, Yes. Okay. Yes. It was early December. So they basically they have all these different categories and. You only get 10 votes total. And then in the uh, non-wrestler category, you could vote for as many guys as you want. Am I the only one? I'll correct you real quick, guys. We did that in November because it was right before our Survivor Series episode, uh, prelude episode. Okay, perfect. 
And then we took, you know, it takes a while for them to tabulate the votes and all that. So here we are right now with the results. Now, uh, Madness, am I the only one who has the complete list of who everybody voted for? Uh, it should be. I do not have that in front of me. So if you have it, that'd be great for you to review. Okay. Right, well, we see who did uh, who picked me the right picks here and who who did the best. All right. So let's look at Joy, Ve- Joy Vegas. Do you have your picks? Yes, it is up. You know where it's. Yeah. You have ass. to go reach it. Yeah. It's either your ass or my ass. Yeah. So we'll start with Joey Vegas. Well, I'm I got all of them right. I already said that. It's We're only going to start with you because I'm right because you had the testicular fortitude to nominate Rocky mm-hmm. Johnson and he got in for the Hall of Fame. He got he's unrecognized. So yeah. He's only recognized because he's the Rock's dad. No, no, he was great. He broke racial barriers. So you t- Don't deny it. It's okay. Keep it's okay. So you voted for and actually all three of us did. Tully Arn and JJ Dillon. Mhm as a tag team with the manager. Now, they did not get in. Neither one, all three of us were wrong here. They did get 130 votes. Their percentage is 28%. And that is down from 2019 when they were at 42%. So something tells me that Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and J.J. Dillon are not getting in this Hall of Fame ever. Well, unless they change how they vote, because I, I don't believe that the way uh, you know Uncle Dave has it is it is worth a shit. I don't agree either, because they put that like falling off the ballot deal, and that's just when you're going to get a bunch of people piling on and 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 just saying, "Ah, oh, man, we've never voted these guys in, but now they're going to fall off the ballot." I think I'm going to go ahead and vote for them now because uh, we'll never get them in. Blah 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 blah. Well, I I think they get in though, and I think next year, Dave may have said something about that. Um, I think they might be put on the ballot if they haven't been already as um, not a, in a tag team. Because I feel like they're Hall of Famers without being a tag team. The problem with putting in the tag team is they weren't necessarily a tag team for that long. Yes, I could agree with that. But I think the way he has it is you can only vote for 10 people. Okay? So let's say you think they're Hall of Famers, whether individually or in a tag team. You're like, I'm going to put them in. But then you're like, well, crap, I only get 10 votes. So here comes somebody new that you know definitely deserves to get in. So you say, so you have to vote for them instead of it's, it's a convoluted system. If you're adding 10 people per year or more, because that's, well, that's why I'm, because you have Randy Orton on this list, Charlotte Flair, people that don't deserve to get any votes at the moment. So it's funny that you bring that up because here he says the 10 votes worked in the early days of the hall of fame, but with the scope being so much bigger, and one of the best, if not the best point of this Hall of Fame is encouraging learning history and candidates whose names may have not carried or are international and uh, but still belong. The 2020 ballot had 78 wrestlers, 10 votes. The Baseball Hall of Fame ballot in 2021 had 25 players and in 2022 had 32 players, but also 10 votes. A comparable number per candidates on the ballot would be 27, not 10. But that number to me is excessive 
But one of the things is that the threshold in baseball is 75% rather than 60%. I think 60% works. But based on those numbers, the idea of allowing voting for 15 wrestlers instead of 10 seems to be a good idea. And people aren't forced to vote for 15. You can vote for one, two, and there are people who do that. But most seem to be like me, where these years you have far more than 10 and you start whittling away at your ballot. For me, there are the historical figures that people don't know and that probably won't get in, but deserve two that are always on my list and that modern limits that limits modern people many of whom would get in based on the standards of who is in from prior generations so it sounds like to me that your guys's complaint and you guys aren't even actual voters is a complaint that other people have and next year when we do this again we're gonna have 15 votes well that's good all right. I'm glad Dave takes my uh, suggestions. Did you tweet him? I did. So with that being said, Tully Arn and J.J. Dillon, maybe they have a better chance next year because they definitely fell off this year. Mm-hmm. Joey Vegas, your next vote was CM Punk. CM Punk this year, 152 votes, 33% up from 2019 when he was at 15% when he wasn't even in the business. So CM Punk, I think, will end up being a Hall of Famer. Just this year wasn't the year. Now, the one pick here that I um, will consistently and forever make fun of you for, Rocky Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's Rock- in. Rocky Johnson got 57 votes, 20% of the vote. He's down from 28% back in 2019. Rocky Johnson. Yep. But if they had 15, he would have gotten it. Rocky Johnson, Mm -hmm. not a Hall of Famer. He will be. Joey Vegas. Did did he put his penis in? Nope. See, that's bullshit. There was no write-in on the penis. No. Unbelievable. Who are these people? Blackjack Mulligan was voted on, but not only by Joey Vegas, Mm -hmm. but also by Mike Madness who also put in a a vote for Black Jack Mulligan. Black Jack Mulligan only received 44 votes. He's at a a robust 15%. Not going to get in at all. Joey Vegas went on a limb and voted for Kojima and Tenzan, who, by the way, will be on the ballot next year as singles. And yes, not a tag team. I did read that. Because Kojima and Tenzan only got 31, per, 31 votes. It's actually the lowest vote total of all of the candidates this year, which was a whole 10%. So clearly, them as a tag team not getting in. But individually, they if they don't get in, that's terrible. Next, you voted for Kota Ibushi, mm-hmm. who I am guessing will be a Hall of Famer next year. He got 160 votes, 54%, up from 38% in 2019. I think he's getting in next year. That was actually a solid pick by you. I A lot of them are solid picks by me. Most of them are, actually. Actually, you know what? All of them are. Your next pick was Tetsuya Naito. He got 113 votes, 38%. I think he gets in. If it's not next year, it might be the year after that. Your next pick 
Uh, oh, by the way, you and I both picked Kota Ibushi, as did Mike Madness. Mike Madness also joins you on the Naito pick. One of the uh, the next pick here that all three of us took got in. Kazushika Okada, 92% of the vote. 271 votes, the most out of anybody on the ballot this year. Mike Madness, you're, you, you, you got one here. It's a, no, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. The, the amount of, uh, over the last decade, and plus the amount of five-star matches this guy's been in is just, it's already worth, worthy. I mean, I was going to say earlier that I think a lot of these guys that were actives that you've mentioned already that we think are already going to be Hall of Famers aren't getting voted just because they're active. I feel like there's a less less inclination to vote for somebody who's currently active. It's almost you want to wait for their retirement or or their death to vote them in. There's a, some human inclination that makes you want to do that. It says he's not ready yet. But Naito, well worth it. Joey Vegas, um, mm-hmm. Kazushika Okada. Excuse me, Okada. Yeah, I knew who you meant. Vegas Okada is is in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, Naito and Ibushi will soon follow. You also voted for Shibata. I can see where your your allegiance here lies a lot of new japan votes by you he just likes the bread he just likes the bread no that's that's kojima so not shibata shibata who just recently came back i'm looking here on the list i'm not even seeing him nobody voted for him not one guy on the percentage list nobody voted for him quick question though would you rather have a burger on a shibata bun or a pretzel bun Oh, pretzel all day. Damn right. Yeah. So the guys, well, we'll wait. I'll wait to, to read that. Um, yeah, Shibata, he's kind of gotten a vote here. I, I don't know why I mean, he's somebody showing up on the list. Guy. One guy at least. Well, he's not on there. Well, needless to say, he, he didn't, he get, didn't get it. He didn't get picked anyway. Yeah. Uh, you said Psycho Clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not get in. I don't think he's going to make it in at all. There's another guy here that I'm struggling to find on this list of guys. You also picked Jim Crockett Jr. Jim Crockett Jr. should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. And he's in. He got 237 Yeah, I was going to say, I think he got in. Yeah, he did get in. He's up here at the top. Yeah. 237 votes, 82% Jim Crockett Jr. So now we had a debate, mm-hmm. a, a hotly contested debate. Yeah. When we covered all of this, Jim Crockett Jr. gets Jim Crockett Jr. gets voted into the Hall of Fame. Ted Turner does not. No. Now, why? Well, obviously, you- Ted Turner didn't get in there. I spent 15 minutes of the episode telling you why. I know, but 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 for Jim Crockett to get in and not for, but not Ted Turner, Jim Crockett because Jr. What- One's a wrestling guy. The other guy is a TV guy. But That's Jim, it. Jim Crockett Jr. did everything in his power to run Jim Crockett promotions out of business. He didn't have like the longevity track record. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised. I'm not saying that one's right or wrong. I'm just surprised that Crockett Jr. got in, but Ted Turner did not. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, Jim Johnston 
Madness also uh, got Jim Crockett Jr. Jim Johnston was another vote there by uh, Joey Vegas. Uh, Jim Johnston is not getting in this year. And I don't think he's going to make it at all. I don't see how that's even possible. I mean, that guy should be in the Hall of Fame. There's nobody else in the industry. Who else is putting music out there? Motorhead? I mean, that they're in the WWE Hall of Fame. Nobody cares about, I believe. But <laughs> or Lenny is. But like Jim Johnson made some of the most iconic music in the history yeah. of this business. The fact he's not making it in this is ridiculous, in my opinion. Strictly due to the fact that that category of the industry has very little anybody left in there to even vote for. He should just be in there as a category for himself. He did get 151 votes, which is 33%, but it's down from the 36% that he got in 2019. Again, so, I think that's a because you add people that deserve to get in, so it takes away from... He has a chance, like but it, he's he's falling. He sh- yeah, but I don't think the falling, I don't think... I, I wouldn't say the falling is equated to like baseball. Like if you fall, it hurts you because you can still vote in different things. But here, I don't. He'll I get mean, in. all of us voted for him. He'll get in. All he, of us have Jim Johnston on our ballot. Yeah, he'll get in. Uh, you have two more here, Joey Vegas. Tony Schiavone, mm-hmm. as Chris Jericho calls him, he got 121 votes up to 26%. Now I say up because in 2019, he got 19%. Mm-hmm. So I think she of uh, Shivani, I think Shivani is helped by the fact that he is in the business and on AEW. I don't know about that. I mean, that era where he was where he was working, where he was doing play by play, he played a pretty big role in probably the top three, four years of the industry uh, in the U.S. at least. So I think that's that's valid. But you do make a point that he's on people's minds being active in AEW. And lastly, Joey Vegas, you put in Mike Tenay, which I would agree with that. He got 144 votes, 31% up from 30% in 2019. So Tenay's got a chance, plus he's got deep ties with Meltzer. So I feel like... Meltzer's going to... No, 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 Meltzer's not going to put him in, but I feel like he'll eventually will get in. But he's also in that category where you could vote for as many guys as you want. Yeah. So the 15 does not limit him. That's so true. I don't know how he gets to the necessary percent to get in, but he's not off the bat. I see that. I would like to know. I would like to know. Obviously, this is way overdue as far as this because it's already it's been out for a, a, a month, almost month and a half, maybe. But we need to know. I want to like ask somebody why didn't you vote for these people? I could see the wrestlers limit to fifth or limit to ten, whatever. But like, how didn't you? How could you not vote? You know, Jim Johnston and like, how could like, what was your reasoning to not vote for him? Because I want to, I want to hear their answer and tell them they're wrong. Uh, I do believe that I heard on an interview that Jim Johnston is actually not even that big of a wrestling fan at all. And I don't know if that plays into some people's brains that he's like Ted Turner to me, who is not a wrestling guy. He was a TV guy. This is just a guy that makes music for a company. And maybe that's how they view Jim Johnson, no matter what he's done and what, how creative he is musically. I guess it's, they're just shunning that. That would be my only reason why I could see them not voting him. I, I, I could see that. I could see that point. But how you don't have WWF attitude era 
without the rock song, without Stone Cold song, without uh, you know, you could the limit, brood. yeah, the brood, you could, yeah, you could just, I mean, limit or name anyone. You don't have that if you don't have him. Yeah, and I think whoever just whoever wrote the, the Broods theme should just be in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, the and it was Jim Johnston, but it, you know, he just he should be in. So, yeah. looking at Mike Madness's ballot, uh, hell yeah! Before I dive into your ballot, I, I will read this part from the Observer: Less than ten percent of all votes from a region and dropped from next year's ballot. The Hollywood Blondes, who none of us voted for, mm-hmm. Buddy Colt, who none of us voted for. The Fabulous Ones, none of us voted for. Nikki Bella, out. Charlotte Flair, out. Kamala, out. Rick Martell, who is someone that Mike Madness voted for, out. John Moxley, out. Seth Rollins, out. Ultimate Warrior, who Mike Madness voted for, out. Kyoko Ino, out. Shibata, out. Takashi Segura, out. Joey Vegas, you voted for Psycho Clown, out. And then a bunch of other guys. Lastly, Stephanie McMahon, out. Dropped from next year's ballot due to the 15-year 50% rule. Johnny, Mr. Wrestling 2, Walker, out. Will be dropped from next year's ballot if not getting at least 50%. Sergeant Slaughter, and Rocky Johnson. So, madness. You had Rick Martel, Sergeant Slaughter, and Ultimate Warrior as your, you know, it's three of your top, like, first four picks, basically. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, less than 10% of the vote off the ballot. And I think that has to do with my argument when you named him on your ballot is that this Hall of Fame really stresses wrestling ability and longevity, both of which the Ultimate Warrior did not have, either one of. Now, you may remember the Ultimate Warrior because he was a gimmick that was memorable. But outside of that, no real talent means no real Hall of Fame. Well, I think that's silly, to be honest with you, because this is sports entertainment. This is professional wrestling. It is not just about the in-ring work. It is about the look. It is about the promo. It is about the appeal. It's about the it factor. It's about the, the memories. It's about what you remember seeing and who made the biggest impression. It's about drawing power. There's so many facets to, to sit there and just go into this technical, and they call it the Technical Wrestling Hall of Fame, where it's about <laughs> work rate, the work rate Hall of Fame. If you're going to piss on the Ultimate Warrior for that shit because there's a bunch of workers who are could fly around and do a great match for 45 minutes and no one's going to remember but they remember the music they remember the guy running down they remember him shaking the ropes and they remember him walking out of there and punching Vince McMahon in the fucking face for more money you're right but here's the problem the problem is anybody could have played that role I t- completely disagree now we talked you talked about that before yeah there's no chance okay John Tenta all right. By. How about no, that? No, no, Fred no, no. He didn't have Fred the body. How about the Bushwhackers? No, How about no. the Bushwhackers? He, he, we talked about the Bushwhackers no, last week. You, you see the, the push? No, oh, none of your examples have the body. How about I, How about if Kerry Von Eric had both feet 
Kerry Von Erich could have been the ultimate well, he, warrior. Well, if if this if that he didn't have both feet, he he didn't. So he wasn't the ultimate warrior. Somebody he was the modern day warrior. He was a Texas tornado. Anybody could so, have been Hulk Hogan too. No, see the Hulk Hogan. That's now. Then that, you're you're literally you can't name anybody else. You said if he has one, Hulk Hogan can't do it. He's Hulk got the Hogan, body right. Hulk Hogan is different. Because how how Hogan, is he different? Because Hulk Hogan had um this innate ability to connect with the audience that the ultimate warrior did not have because if the ultimate warrior had that ability he would have been around longer than eight with the minutes. audience have you seen the pops this guy gets when he comes out from the curtain yes but it's we all insane. know it's like uh, you, that, that that alone that, what do you even go for we when you when you, when you walk out of that curtain when you go out of that curtain are the, you know a five-star match takes a long time to do and you can pop the guys here and there within there the crowd i should say but with ultimate warrior when that music hit, he ran out there it's a pop every time over and over again for several years and and it never got old even his returns people look forward to him every single time there was not he blew it himself but in my opinion, he still did enough in a short amount of time to be in the Hall of Fame. And that's even goes against your whole longevity shit, Dick Ford, that you love to always talk about longevity. Well, Jesus Christ, the fucking Brooklyn Brawler's been involved in the shit forever. She, he should be in. Ultimate I don't know about warrior. that. Ultimate, wait, 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 what I'm saying is, is that if you can, if you can come into the business and you can make a name for yourself in three years and be remembered how the ultimate warrior is right now, that's Hall of Fame worthy in itself. To make that kind of impression, I don't. I think that's overlooked. You can sit around and, and dick around longevity wise and, and be a mid carder forever, and everyone's yeah, you're a great worker, you filled some stuff, but nobody ever really popped for you. They popped for the Ultimate Warrior, and they did on his returns and 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 so on. Every time he came back, yeah, he's right. the perfect WWE Hall of Fame candidate, which is why he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. But in all actuality, his longevity at the top. Because that's what it really boils down to. It's your longevity at the top. He didn't have it. He didn't have it. Again, if he would have had it, they wouldn't have pulled the belt off of him as quickly as they did to put it back on Hogan. I I would... Go ahead, Joey Vegas, but wait real quick before you speak. I just want to say, I'm sure we can rattle off a few guys who are already in this Hall of Fame that never even spent a minute on the top. They got in by their work rate. So what are we doing? That that That's what I was going to say. I was going to say how many of these that are already in the Hall of Fame only spent a cup of coffee at the top but could work their asses off, you know, or, or you know, well, whatever. Well, you guys got Google. Pull up the list. Pull up the list of the guys who are in the Hall of Fame while I read the rest of this list and we'll prove prove it to me because the ultimate warrior had no longevity in the business. And when he came back in 96, it wasn't that great either. And then let's not even get into the flop. That was his WCW run one warrior nation. So, I mean, let's come on. I I, I understand Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's easy to look back on a point in our lives that we always look back at fondly, whether it be our childhood our teenage years and we look back and we're like, oh, my God, yes. But in all actuality, the Ultimate Warrior was not that good. You bring up the WCW return. Well, it was a flop. I'll give you that. That's for sure. But where did he come in as? He came in on top. He went right to feud with the top oh, well, guy, that's because of Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Well, yeah, but, yeah but that's because of Hogan. I mean, Ultimate Warrior, obviously, you're going to put him at the top. Why? The, Why? Why would you put him at the top? Because he 
was well known when he was at the top. That's why so you no, don't that, bring in a some other random jobber from from over there. No, and, and again, again, like I said, he is the perfect WWE Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer where wrestling and all that other stuff counts. Well, wrestling counts and matters. The in-ring work always matters. But you know what? There's a lot of facets, like I just said, to this business, which just makes it unique. And that then people have different skills and they get over for different skills. But whatever. you We can do the old cliche and just agree to disagree. You and I guess the, right. the masses have spoken. So I will sit here and I will vote the ultimate warrior in still, even after all these clowns don't see it my way. That's fine. I accept it. Move along. So next year when we're doing this again, and even though Ultimate Warriors off the ballot, madness is going to be writing him in. I feel like Ab- absolutely every year is <laughs> in. He'll All get right. in just by that. So you put in Dominic Danucci, or you would put in Dominic Danucci, uh, Mike Madness, and yeah. Dominic Danucci got sixty-five votes, thirty-six percent, uh, which is up from thirty-one percent. So I think he got that 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 death bump. I uh, mm-hmm. don't know if he'll have enough legs though to eventually get in and maybe he will when they up it to 15 bunch of racists against italians i tell you stereotypical people your next vote was hayabusa he uh finished at 23 percent which was down from his 31 percent in 2019 that's kind of weird you think he would get a little bit of a boost being on that uh dark side of the ring episode yeah. you know uh, Joey Vegas right now is scrolling through the Observer Hall of Fame candidates, and something tells me you haven't found anyone yet. I'm I'm still just in '96. Yeah, so it's I have a long hard. I have a long way to go. It's going to be hard. I for- would almost say Jerry Lawler doesn't deserve, but he's got all the Mid South titles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, he try. definitely deserves it. You're going to be it's. You want to talk about longevity? Well, yeah, he's still uh, going. you're going to be very hard pressed to find someone who spent a short amount of time at the top and became a Hall of Famer in this Hall of Fame. In Vince's Hall of Fame, that's a different story. So, as we discussed earlier, Madness voted uh, for Ibushi, Naito, and Okada. Okada, obviously, slam dunk in. Naito will get in. Ibushi will get in. Jim Crockett Jr., you voted for, as we discussed earlier. Uh, He was in Jim Johnston, Tony Schiavone, and Mike Tenet. So, I found one. You found one? Yeah. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit, I don't think would, I don't think if you're going to go one or the other, Chris Benoit or Ultimate Warrior, I would think Warrior did a lot more than Chris Benoit ever did, other than kill his family. But also, though, I think Chris Benoit technically can work circles around. Yeah, yeah but that- I'm talking about at the top. He was never at the top. If you look at yeah. his championship, he only won the, uh, the World Heavyweight Championship once. He only won the WCW title once. He was only, he was four time Intercontinental Champion and three time. Uh, WWF World Tag Team Champion. No, he's he's a, he's a guy. He's an example of a guy who was an amazing talent who was in the business for a long time. But yes, he was. But he's adored by 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 fans who appreciate the wrestling. He's adored because of his great talent, Mike Madness. Yeah, but why does the in-ring work supersede everything else about the industry when if you just literally come in as a good worker, you still can't get over and you you get let go? Like, it doesn't matter. It, it should be unbiased towards all the different areas of the business. And where, where, where one guy excels, he should be able to get in the Hall of Fame for it, even if you disagree. I mean, I'm sorry. Conan, 
should not be in the oh, Hall no, of Fame. Conan was a is a Mexican superstar. That's why he's in. Yeah, Remember, but, he's not in for America. Yeah, but he has I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure somebody like Kurt Hennig's on this list or is in his Hall of Fame. Sure I don't know if he is. is, but I mean, that's a guy who's never really been on the top, but he's always heralded as one of the best workers that he gets in. So uh, I don't know. Conan's only won the CMLL one time, AAA one time. Well, that's so, well, that, yeah. but he's in because of Mexico. He's not in because of America. Well, obviously, but he still doesn't. You're, you're just yeah. thinking of Conan, uh, the Aliba de Raza or. <laughs> Hola, Levato, whatever the hell he used to say in WCW, but he's uh, but he was uh, was it the old rumor or the old the old the old uh, the stat line on Conan that he had a had a Ferrari at like eighteen years old because he was like a major major star in Mexico, so that's why mm. he's in. Uh, all right, so uh, my Hall of Fame ballot, you know, I I, I missed on a, a lot of guys. Uh, obviously, I did put Goldberg in, which I know drew the ire of uh, Mr. Mike Madness, because how could you not vote for Ultimate Warrior, but vote for Goldberg? Makes sense. Same same appeal. Same everything. If you think about it, one guy just had a streak. And the other guy, whatever, man. So, it's the same thing. Well, here's the, the, same here's the deal with Goldberg. He got more than 10% of the vote, unlike the Warrior, who got less than 10%. Goldberg got 83 votes, 18%, down from 28% in 2019. So he probably doesn't get in. And I'm I'm wondering, yeah, he probably is not going to get in. But he'll also still be on the ballot, unlike Ultimate Warrior, who did less than 10%. Now he's off. So I'll take that as a feather in my cap. Thank you very much. Okay. Whatever you want to tell yourself. Those are the same, same exact type of characters, but go on. Paul Orndorff. Uh, I voted in mostly, mainly a lot to do with the with the death bump, as well as that show in Toronto with Hogan. That that run that they had, Orndorff got 161 votes, 35 percent. So he still maybe has a chance. 160 votes, though, that's a pretty good number. 161. Uh, June Byers, no, not in. Pompero Furpo, no, not in. I did vote for Dominic Danucci. As we know, he did not get in. Fujiwara, not in. Hayabusa, not in. Ibushi, not in. Okada, in. I voted for, in the non-wrestler category, I voted for Dave Brown, not in. He got uh, 17% of the vote. He's never getting in. Bob Cottle, not in. He's never getting in either. I saw his number. I, I lost it here. Yeah, Bob Cottle's probably not getting in either. Uh, Jim Crockett Jr. in. Joe Huguchi, the referee from All Japan, didn't get in. Still will, will remain on the ballot, though, because he got 18%. Jim Johnston, not in. Larry Matisik got 46% of the vote. He still has a chance, 133 votes. Don Owens. Now, I voted for Don Owens. Don Owen. And Don Owen got in. 176 votes, 61%. Don Owen is in the Hall of Fame. He's a one of an all-time great promoters out of Oregon, Portland. And then I voted for uh, Reggie Parks, the belt maker. He got 121 votes, 26%. And I voted for Ted Turner. I'm sticking by billionaire Ted. He got 171 votes, 37%. But that's down 
from the 42% that he got in 2019. So there is a strong chance that unless he dies, Ted Turner's not going to get it. It's probably because they listened to the show and heard my explanation of why he shouldn't be in. And that's why that 4% drop happened or 5% drop. So, you know, I'm going to shit on him again here and, you know, let's drop him another five to 10% until he just shuts himself up and is gone. So out of the four people that got in, I voted for three of them. Joey Vegas and Mike Madness voted for two of them. Therefore I'm the winner. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Dick. <laughs> yeah, but your vote for Ted Turner eliminates you from competition. Now, I will say this, Mike Madness. I will say this. You have swayed me. And I will tell you that I stand corrected. That a vote for Goldberg is a vote for a bald-headed, black tight wearing ultimate warrior. So I will say right here on this show that I stand corrected and next year Bill Goldberg will not get my vote because I couldn't in good faith vote for the Ultimate Warrior, which less than 10% of the people did. Yeah, it seems like it's more of a fonder memory thing. Maybe you enjoyed the uh, whole Goldberg streak more than the uh, Ultimate Warriors presence like me as a kid. But uh, whatever. At least you can kind of see that similarity. I, uh, you know, I it's there. It. It's it's valid. So it's good valid. Thing we agree on it's valid. I see it. Joey yeah. Vegas. And, and unlike yourself, I will admit when I'm wrong. Oh, no. Rocky Johnson, I'm not wrong on. People are just <laughs> blind. So let's <laughs> blind. They're blind. Mm hmm. Uh, let's go to the uh, PW 180. 180 or is it 120? I think it's 120. Yeah. PW 120 with uh, JCD. PW 120, the fastest 120 seconds in professional wrestling. This is John JCD DeMasselli from Kicking It Classic with JCD here for the PW 120. You can check out Kicking It Classic with JCD at KITCWJCD and at Facebook.com slash Kicking It Classic with JCD. Well, the Royal Rumble has come and gone, and what an event it was. It had its highs and it had its lows indeed, but perhaps bigger than the fact that Roman Reigns barely survived Seth Rollins. Bigger than the fact that Roman Reigns helped Bobby Lashley defeat Brock Lesnar. Bigger than the fact that Becky Lynch defeated Dewdrop. Bigger than the fact that Ronda Rousey returned in the Rumble and won. Bigger than the fact that Brock Lesnar won the Royal Rumble was the clusterfuck that was the one-man hurricane Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon returned at the Rumble and single-handedly destroyed the men's Rumble match, not only from an in-ring perspective, but from a creative aspect as well. This has led to Shane being removed as of now from the company. For those who think Shane is completely gone, he is not. Shane will be back again someday. But Shane's actions this past Saturday night at the Royal Rumble with his creative ideas and decisions have led to a backlash of heat that he could not survive despite his McMahon last name. The Royal Rumble itself up until the men's match was a great show, solid in-ring work, great stories being told, but then the men's Rumble match has ruined it. Is it the worst Rumble match ever? No, that that belongs to 89, 2011, and 1995. We'll have to see how they can get their way out of the mess Shane created for them, but we'll see what happens with the Elimination Chamber looming. For the PW120, this has been John JCD DeMaselli. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you, John.
I appreciate that. The PW120, the fastest 120 seconds in professional wrestling. The fastest 120 seconds? Yeah. 120 seconds is a time. You can't go faster than that. All right. Well, first of all, that's a play on MSG Network. Does the fastest 150 seconds in sports? Exactly. So that's a play that, on that. Exactly. That's why I'm giving you shit. Thank because, you very much. Because everything you say it's is a play, New York. It's a play on that. Is a New York bias. All right. Here, one little thing, uh, madness. Uh, one of these things that I found interesting here while we were we were going through the uh, JCD, fastest 120 seconds, the, the fastest 120 seconds of professional wrestling. Uh, Kazushika Okada, number one with historians, number one with reporters, and number one with active wrestlers and industry professionals, as well as retired wrestlers and industry professionals. It's interesting to look at these names who the different voting categories or groups, how they voted for the guys. Um, it's it's interesting because you would expect that a lot of the active guys or the industry professionals are, you know, going to vote for the real like worker bees of the you know of the industry on the list and yeah it's definitely interesting but kazushika okada number one on every single group which explains his overwhelming percent to getting into the hall of fame he definitely deserves it and whoever didn't vote for him i need to have explanations yeah right yeah right he's like the the one guy who didn't vote for jeter in the <laughs> hall of fame like who's the one guy I want to talk to him? Well, well I want I, the, my question is obviously because you can't just say why because you only have a limited number of votes, but like why who did you vote for instead of him? Yeah, because I guarantee you it probably wasn't very good. All right, all right. Take care. Brush your hair. Mike Madness. Anything uh, else you want to say about the the legitimate Hall of Fame? Um, outside of the Ultimate Warrior not being in, unfortunately, it's uh, it's fine as it is. I'm sure I'm sure we'll see some of those other names that we thought to get in get in uh, in a few years or so. So, uh, I think that's uh, that's a good wrap on it. I mean, did you say that Moxley and Rollins they're all, they're, they'll they're, be back? Oh, they're just off next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. Are they yeah, off for good be, or just okay? Yeah, they'll be back on. And just to put a bow on the Ultimate Warrior thing. He's not in any of the group's top 30 choices. So. I'm saying that not to be an asshole. No, but well, I'm, no, oh, you are saying it to well, be an asshole. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and just because a bunch of strangers think so, I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like it's interesting that like the active guys, because a lot of the active guys who would vote in this are going to be like in our age bracket. So it's like, a, yeah. so you would think that those guys grew up on the Ultimate Warrior. So I was wondering if maybe the Ultimate Warrior was in their top 30, but he was in nobody else's top 30. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to check that. I wanted to check that. And um, he wasn't. But, yeah. And now there was Goldberg, if we're going to be honest. Goldberg was not in the top 30 for the active guys either so all right what do you say we watch this match hogan 
Andre, the main event, number one. This was not on Saturday night's main event. It was on Friday night, February 5th, 1988. Joey Vegas, were you a fan yet? Uh, No. Okay. And Madness, you weren't a fan yet either. You come a couple years later the following year, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I really, about 1990, I started casual and then hardcore 92. Okay. So, yeah, this is my first memory of professional wrestling. The uh, My stepdad at the time was a big Hulkamaniac. So that is how I got into this crazy thing we call pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the one to blame. So blame put, the, him. put the heat on him. I am at 27.23. This is only about 22 minutes long. We're not going to do the whole show. The whole show is only 49 minutes, but... Um, <laughs> the main event's half the show, which the main, how it should be. Yeah, the main event is half the show, but it's, it's weird because this... And you'll see it when you watch it. This show goes off the air, and there's a tag team match going on in the middle of the ring. That's a half dark match. Yeah, it was the Heart Foundation, I think, is in a tag match at the end of this show. So I'm at 2723. Uh, Mike Madness, are you at 2723? Uh, I am coming up to it here. Just give me a moment. Now, now did did obviously you probably don't remember exactly when you watched it because that's a long time ago. But did they cut it off at that point? On the original broadcast, or is this just because the network cut it off? No, no, it's reason? the original broadcast. Oh. Yeah. They were probably just up on time and just said, screw it. Yeah. And just at that point in 88, they probably didn't care like they do now. Yeah, this was definitely a timing thing. I don't know. I just, for some reason, I'm like remembering the Heart Foundation being in the match as the cameras went off the air. Yeah, it was the uh, Strike Force versus the Heart Foundation. Yeah. I think it, I mean, could it have been a case where they went long? I, I wonder what this, do we have the story on that? Anybody know the story? Not, not in front of me. I think I remember hearing something about it on the Pritchard show, um, something to wrestle. But uh, I don't know off the top of my head. But I am sitting at 2723 to confirm with you and uh, anyone listening would like to watch along here. 2723, correct, Dick? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 2723. And uh, Madness, we'll let you count us down since you did not like the Joey Vegas countdown from the previous uh, show. <laughs> so uh, we'll let you count us down to hitting play. And if everybody watching along at home, you're at 2723. And Madness will count us down. Three, two, one, play. And then we'll all hit play. And hopefully we'll be on the same uh, time. All right. All right. So here we go. Like he said, it'll be a three, two, one, and then hit play. So counting down a three, two, one play. All right. So it starts just as a million dollar man, Ted DiBiase and Andre the giant and Virgil can't forget about Virgil walk off camera with their uh, promo with uh, me and Gene Oakland. It's the market square arena in Indianapolis. I was in that same building. When I watched Jim Ross get set on fire by Kane, my God, he set my ass on fire. You got uh, Ted DiBiase walking out in that uh, pink and silver tuxedo thing he would wear. Very shiny. Uh, What did you guys like better on on, uh, Billionaire Ted or Millionaire Ted, whatever you want to call him? Did you like him in that silver and uh, sparkly pink and purple he's wearing? Or did you like the classic black with the gold? 
Uh, or the green, or the green, all that green tuxedo with the gold on it too. He had three classic outfits. Well, I mean, the green, the green is always classic, but I mean, I'm I like a little pink in my attire. So yeah, I like this one over that. But I, I, the black one is the one that I always like to really associate him with. Um, but this, this silver and pink, that's because th- that's because this show was like huge. Like this was prime time NBC Dick Ebersol era like this was this wasn't 11 30 you know on the east coast this was right right prime time so you gotta get, spruce it up a little bit and so now, hey guys guys a quick question here yeah. since you just came out we, we got a hogan interview going on right now he's screaming in mean gene's face but uh we saw a virgil out there what kind of uh how would that storyline go in, in today's age uh with the uh, dibiase and virgil how, how would that play out in uh <laughs> mainstream professional wrestling in the united states <laughs> under uh, our current environment what do you yeah, think it wouldn't it's not yeah a Can you imagine <laughs> no it would There'd be a call. The, the only way that would work is if the wrestler was black and the and the and, and Virgil was white. Yeah, absolutely. That's the That's, only they, way. They would, they would praise that. They would be in love with that. Yes. Kidding me? So look at the belt that Hogan's wearing. Yeah, it's the old belt. It's the before the winged eagle. I believe the winged eagle came. Uh, no, he's going to come out for this match with the winged eagle, but the promo he cuts is without oh. the. Yes. Watch. I never noticed that. Yes. He has the old, uh, if you're not watching, he has the old WWF championship belt. Yep. But according to Dick Ford here, he's about to hit the ring with the classic uh, Ingle uh, belt. Winged, winged Eagle. Eagle it's the first time we're going to see. There it is. It's the first time we're going to see the Winged Eagle title. Is that true? That's the first time it ever debuted? This right is there? it right here. There it is. Wow. I did not know that. That's interesting. Very, very cool. All right, man, Hogan is greased up here. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like he got out of a bath of oil. So I, it was the reason the main event was cut off, which I don't know how you have the main event after Hogan, Andre, but you did. Uh, it was just because the show itself was running long, yeah. and so they had to cut it off. Makes sense. So yeah. there's the there's the Wing Diggle title. Only a keen eye will catch the fact that Hogan's pre-tape, he was not wearing the Wing Diggle title. And this is the first time that we see it. This is the uh, iconic title for me. When I, over the last several years, when I would get the WWE video game, I would use the Winged Eagle title in replacement of the titles that they have now because most of them are trash. But uh, the Winged Eagle title, which I'm sure was a Reggie Parks belt. I don't know that to be a fact, but I, I would guess... How much you want to bet that that would be a Reggie Parks belt? Man, Andre the Giant, he's still going here. He should not be in there his in his condition. Man, Vince wanted just ran him dry. I mean, I guess Andre probably needed the money too, but oh boy, this is way past his prime, and he still would go for two more years. Yeah, and he would end up in WCW, right? Like ninety one, ninety two. He didn't really wrestle, but. Uh, he was done after that WrestleMania six. His, his, and then, yeah, but uh, his last actual television appearance was with WCW. It's not even with the WWF. Was it? Yeah, I think he was on like a Clash of Champions or something. Interesting. He like came out. He came out. He didn't wrestle, but he came out. No, he had like no. walking canes and shit. He looked horrible. So oh, yeah. going into this match, Ted DiBiase wants the WWF championship. He wants the title. Andre's gonna beat Hogan for the belt and then hand it over to 
Ted DiBiase so that Ted DiBiase can be champion. Because that's the only way he can beat Hulk Hogan. What do you yes. got, Joey? Man? Yes. So, uh, so Andre, when he had the belt, it was the one that Hogan was wearing backstage. But then they wanted something special for Hogan, so that is when Reggie. So Reggie uh, Parks did do the wing diggle. Yes. He also did the Andre belt, but yes, he did the. He also did Noah. Did you know he did Noah's belt? I did belt? not know that he did the GHC title. So in a sense, so in a sense, you're saying that the wing, winged eagle belt was almost like a special belt for Hogan in a way, kind of like Cena and his little spinner belt and Austin smoking skull. Could we say that was the first title made for an actual in-ring competitor at that time? Because it kind of went along with his American persona with the bald eagle. Yeah, I mean, I would I would kind of agree with that. Without like, yeah. They never called it the Hogan belt, no, no. but they needed a new belt. They wanted a new belt yes. for Hogan. So, yeah, he was the first one to have the belt. Yeah. As you can see when he comes out, it's nice, real shiny, real yeah. brand new. Yeah. And Andre had the other belt. And so then Hogan won it all, Andre. This is like one of those, you know, a lot of people are going to associate the Winged Eagle title more with, you know, Bret Hart, depending on when you were born. But for me, the Winged Eagle title will always be Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, you got to admit, it doesn't look better than anybody else. He, it fit him perfectly because we just found out it was made for him. Yeah, so. exactly. So where are you at, uh, Mike Madness? What's your time cue? I'm sitting about 33.42. Oh, you're way ahead of us. Yeah, you're like 10 seconds ahead of yeah, us. Yeah, you're way ahead of us. I just, just backtracked to 33.37. I'm at 33, 43, 44, 45, 46. We're on the same spot right now. For some reason, your internet, a little faster than mine on my iPad here. And Hogan comes in, and we got a a double noggin knocker. And this thing's already breaking down. Virgil's in the ring. You know it's good when Virgil's getting his ass kicked. (laughs) Virgil's going to feed and bump for Hogan. This This is what we do, baby. Oh wow! What a supercell that was. Yeah, you oh. saw if you got a lot of boots by Hogan with a lot of selling. The uh, Virgil and Ted DiBiase just sold the fuck out of that boot. My yes, goodness! But they sold it legitimately and not like Shawn Michaels sell job in 05. <laughs> not quite. No. So Hogan letting uh, Andre have it with the chops. No woos in the crowd, I can guarantee you that. Oh, Mongolian chop. Man, I wonder how many how many bottles of wine Andre drank. Joy Vegas, do you think you can out drink uh, Andre the Giant if he came back to life for a day and challenged you? Not a chance. No. You you can't drink 49 bottles of wine in a night? You sure? Whatever the hell he does? (laughs) He'd be dead. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be dead with with a quarter of that. Hell yeah. Could you, Madness? I know you're an alcoholic. Could you? Could you? I, I haven't. I don't drink. Oh, I, I haven't had a drink in six months. I'm I'm done. You, 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 you get your AA coin yet? It, it, no, I don't have any problem with it. I'm just <laughs> sick of it. I, I, I'm done with all that, guys. I've thrrown alcohol out for my life, and it's great. Your uh, six-month chip? It's been easy. And you know what, though? In my heyday, no. I would not be able to hang with Andre no. the Giant. The guy would drink 125 beers sitting. No, no, no normal Normal people can no, that's not. That stomp on the hand and then the money flying in the air. Yeah, that's good. That's good little spot. Great there. spot. Classic. And the crowd just, I mean, it's 1988. It's Hulk Hogan. It doesn't get more over than this until probably 98. 
with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, I know that earlier in this broadcast, Madness called Hulk Hogan the biggest star the business has ever seen. And while he might be right, I think the only two guys that could give him a run for their for Hogan's money is Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Now, The Rock has become a bigger star altogether. Yeah. The, the Rock did what Hogan wished he could have done, and that was make good movies. <laughs> And Rock is not, the Rock's movies aren't all that great. No, but he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now, and he's worth a gazillion dollars. And well, if we've learned anything in mainstream celebrity icon nonsense, La La Land garbage over there, then you don't have to be very good at anything to get over. So, but uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah, but if even if you if you, even if you say okay, well his movies, blah blah blah, he's got he's got the fastest selling celebrity alcohol brand in the history of any alcohol brand. His Terramata Tequila is sold more cases in whatever year by five times the next competitor you got uh he's bringing the xfl back i guarantee you that's going to be a rating success because it's the rock people are going to watch just because the rock's involved anything he touches turns to gold i think the rock might be a bigger star than hogan I mean, he is in the in the grand scheme of of the world. Yes, he is. But in wrestling itself, I still have to put Hogan ahead of the Rock, just you because. Hey, you what longevity, man? And you got to remember, remember this. That's true. You're thinking of All American Hulk Hogan. True. You're not thinking about how in the mid '90s he came in and reinvented himself as true. a top heel for like three or four years. True. That and then he was the the. The the industry, the companies went with where Hogan was. If you think about it, it was WWF all 80s, all to the early 90s. And then when things started to switch was in 94, 95, when Hogan came in in the WCW. Literally, from 1980 to the end of the, the, the millennium, the century, whatever you want to call it, Hogan was the guy. Bottom line. And Rock filled in. He, Rock was only in there for like the last three or four years. Yeah, the, the longevity of Hogan would probably still put him above Austin. But Austin is a very, very close second. Uh, Andre there right before this moment. Now Hogan's got him by the leg, but uh, Andre putting in some real stiff kicks, boy. Andre couldn't get his foot off the ground more than three <laughs> inches. I would I would think Austin would be above Hogan. I think if because I mean if you do it, even if you do it now, both of them are still going to get a huge pop. But you know it it's called overexposure, and I think. Hogan was a little overexposed, you know, later in his career. Um, and I think Austin, I, and like since they're retired, I think you bring Austin in, you know, he's got his podcasts and different things. And, um, I, I would vote Austin. No, I mean, not by a wide margin by any stretch, but I definitely would put Austin over Hogan barely. Well, you couldn't get that boot up, Andre. Well, if there was no Hulk Hogan, you may have never seen The Rock. You may have never seen Stone Cold Steve Austin, to tell you the truth. So. Oh yeah, no. Well, yeah, I, I'm not saying that Hogan's a piece of shit. No, but I, well, Hogan is a piece of shit, but I don't think Austin's well, bigger than Hogan. But I think his contributions uh, far exceed the other two combined in the wrestling industry. No, if you're it. if you're talking wrestling only, that's what it's about, man. Then, yeah, it's about I wrestling mean, I, only. It doesn't matter. That's why yeah. I tell you, Ted Turner's not a Hall of Famer. This is about wrestling. I mean, here's it's a the deal about that. Here's the deal: thirty-four million people watch this match. 34 million people never watched anything Stone Cold Steve Austin did. Now, granted, 7 or 8 million people watched it on a Monday night, but never 34. Well, also, this was on NBC, non-cable, and that was cable. So that's a a big difference right there. 
That's true. You got the giant just with those paws around his neck. You know how big his hands are. Hogan's a big man, and he looks like a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's choking a child right now, a bald child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the crazy part about the WWF at this time in 1988 is that uh, you did not have to have a good work rate to be able. This match technically oh. is awful. I think it's like a half a star. Yeah. The, the match at, at WrestleMania 3, awful from a technical, crisp standpoint. Well, back then they didn't care. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but also it's Andre the Giant. Well, yeah. He has and been, Hogan. At this point, he hasn't been good since Japan. Hogan's also not known as one of the greatest workers of all time. This goes back to my Ultimate Warrior argument. No, he was not one of the greatest workers of all time, but he's one of the greatest icons in the industry, and that's what matters. There it is. It's a three count. You count to 100. Hogan dropped the boot. It's over, brother. Let's start posing. But uh, Hebner distracted by Virgil. Speaking of Hall of Fame, Earl Hebner should be in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. But they don't do referees, do they? Do they do referees? No, yeah, referees are on the ballot. Earl Hebner should definitely be in there. He might be in there. He might be. I didn't see him on the list when I scrolled through, but I wasn't looking for Earl Hebner. Boy, that's... Wow, that's a good one. Talk about a technical masterpiece. And the hip toss gets the three count. (laughs) But Hogan's shoulder's up at one. Where are you at, Mike Madness? Where are you at? You tell me. I am at uh, 41, 55, 56. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. So Hogan's shoulders up at, at one. The referee's head is clearly down. He doesn't. He never looks up. But he counts the three, and he's getting out of dodge. And the people, I can't believe it. There's a stunned silence. It's not because it's muted. Hogan has lost the belt, lost the match. Yep. See ya. He got to hold. He got to come up with winged eagle, and that was it. The belt that was made for him, he had it for three seconds. His promo that he cut in the beginning of this, before this match started, was was a pre-tape from much earlier in the day. The best thing is you thought, the best thing is Andre won with a freaking hip toss. The worst looking hip toss you've ever seen. Yes. Oh, hideous. This match is awful on, on so many levels. Iconic because of the angle. Awful from a technical standpoint. Not even good. Would have to improve to suck but Andre's got his hand in the air and then Mean Gene is going to come and talk to him and Andre's going to let everyone know that he's the tag team champion of the world something they did not take out they could not edit it the ship had already sailed (laughs) well when it's live it's live live TV yep he will call himself the tag team champion of the world Was he ever the tag team champion of the world? I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe with, with Haku or something. He ever won the tag titles with Haku? Who, Andre? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's when they dropped the titles at WrestleMania 6 to Demolition. Oh, Big pop at the end of that. And that's when uh, uh, that was Andre's last in-ring match, uh, I believe, at least with the WWF. So Andre takes the belt and hands it off to DiBiase. DiBiase puts it around his waist. It'll be the first and last time that DiBiase will have the championship belt. 
Bruce, I think DBS, he should have had the intercontinental belt at some point. Bruce Pritchard will tell you. He didn't need it. He didn't need it. It's an act yeah, that didn't uh, need it. I don't know. Sometimes it's not that you need the belt. It's almost like a, a reward, you know? Yes, for your, of course. It's, 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 it's a course. It's like. Uh, it's recognition. Know. It's recognition. Yes. It means you're hey, as you're the champion, you gotta you you gotta draw, you got a job. You're good. So now we got both Hebners in the ring staring at each other. Hulk Hogan's gonna talk about plastic surgery later in a promo after this. How much for the plastic surgery, man? How much did millionaire Ted pay to So yeah, so he thinks somebody he, they they plastic surgery Dave Hebner onto yeah. somebody else and called him Earl. Yeah, that's what Hulk Hogan thinks. That's that's <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that's a little much even for me in 1988. <laughs> that's, that's pretty extreme. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, a lot of money to make me look like that little old fart. You, you, I could suspend disbelief for a while, but if you're going to try to tell me on the tell me that uh, DiBiase paid for a referee to become a twin, how yeah, about? I mean, how about they're just yeah, who's so who, who's so like low in their down in their dumps that they would want to become a twin to this guy? He looks like why, a guy with next door who doesn't yeah, would have cut his fucking grass. Why did they have to have surgery? Why couldn't they just be twins? Yeah. Why couldn't Hogan be like, how much did he have to pay to find twins, brother? Why do you got to tell us it was a it was a you know. They have plastic yeah, surgery. You gotta, you gotta get all sadistic with it. And if you really dig deep, like who the hell, who the hell would like accept that? Like, how much did you pay them? Yeah, no, that's, it's a little corny. Listening back, and and you'll see this if you're watching at home. You'll see. What did you like? What did you like better, the two uh, referees or the two doinks from WrestleMania Nine? The two referees. Did you like when all those doinks would appear and shit? That was pretty cool. I did like all the doinks. I did like all that the drinks, but you know, you know, they could have done a lot more. We've talked about this, I think, but we, they could have done a lot more with that heel doink character and really made some shit fucked up. If it wasn't, if it wasn't in the era it was in, can you imagine being able to do something like that oh, just outside he the it. So I said, watch the heave. Hogan takes Hebner, totally overshoots him. He lands at Andre's knees, total uh. splat. Did you see that madness? I did. A total I, just, I was trying to figure out how we just went from this match to me putting over heel doink, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, any, anything could happen. So now That's the Heart true. Foundation are in the <laughs> ring, and they're bringing out Strike Force, but we're on a wide shot, clearly because they're scrambling, because they realize they're out of time. You could tell this is a scramble job right here, because it's a total wide shot of the arena. Yeah, but I think you get this in here, though. You get what in here? Yeah, or no, you don't get because well, they put the they put this whole episode in the WWE Network. So when they put it in two thousand, when they uploaded it, they had the full. Oh, you got the match. You got the whole match. Oh, I don't remember that. Obviously, it's not in this one that you're looking at, but yeah, but so it never now this aired. is this is where Hogan cries about the plastic surgery, brother. Well, you know, Vince McMahon told him to say that. Even even back in '88, Vince McMahon was. Uh, is Hogan crying? Hogan's crying. Yeah. He looks like he's crying. He is. Very he's crying. Actor. He's very crying. He's a good actor, except when he makes movies. Yeah, except when he makes a <laughs> nanny. I wish you I. Didn't, you, you didn't like Suburban Commando? <laughs> Come on, it's trash. The Rock was headed oh, that yeah. way. The, That's how he won. 
The Rock was headed that way when he did the Tooth Fairy, but he was able to bounce back. So here's the here's the one count. Now Hogan's shoulders already off because like you're telling me he can't see that. Well, Come of course on, he can Come see on. it. He's, a, he's, a, he's paid off. He's a paid off. He's a stooge. Yes, he's that uh, that NBA ref who was betting on the games. What was his name? Uh, can't remember. Oh, Tim Donahue. Tim Donahue. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's who you know, I was there. I remember that guy's name all the time because I was sitting in the Mandalay Bay sports book on a work trip and some guy from a newspaper came and asked me about what I thought about this uh, whole Tim Donahue scandal. I just thought you'd like to know that I was in the newspaper in Las Vegas wow. in 2007. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Do you have the article? Nah, I lost it. I figured you would have cut it out and framed it. I masturbated all over it and now go. it's gone. All right. beautiful. Excellent. And then there's the end. Boom. Yeah. Once a month productions. 1988. Strike Force did win that match, by the way. Oh, did they? Yeah. This is my, like I said, this was my first memory of uh, watching WWF. I gotta say, that's a quality first memory, though. This is a this is a real cool time in the industry or in the in the company, I should say. And yeah. it, it was a cool, a cool, uh, memorable time, memorable spot too. Yeah, in a few <laughs> short months, WCW or uh, Jim Crockett will get sold to Ted Turner. 2000, yep. uh, 1989, I believe, or late 88. Maybe I think it happens in like November of 88. And, uh, you know, he sells to Ted Turner and the business is never the same again, as they say. Yes. Yes, indeed, my friend. So next week. We're going to be back with a St. Valentine's Day type show. Yeah. And I think. We're going to watch all the women's Royal Rumbles. Uh, hold on a second. This is actually, this just came to me. So no one's going to be expecting what I'm about to say. Madness, what did you, real quickly, what did you want to talk about on this show next week for Valentine's Day? Well, since it is Valentine's Day, I wanted us to each go and pick our top four, our Mount Rushmore of our favorite female divas, wrestlers, whatever you want to call them, superstars, any female within the industry, no matter the role, whether it was Mike McGurk, whether it was Alundra Blaze, Sable, whoever you want to pick, who you thought your top four crushes, basically, Beautiful. because this thing, it's its Valentine's Day. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to talk about who, who we were in love with uh, when growing up watching these uh, this shit. It could, you could base it on anything, too. It could be looks. It could be... In ring work, it could be whatever the hell you want it to be. It's your top four females. Well, let, hold on. Let, let, let's let's there, there's no in ring work needed here because most of the ones we grew up in weren't very good workers. Well, could they oh, be even yeah. could they even be modern day broads or is it yeah. only got to be old ones? No, it could be anybody you want. Okay. Any any female, as long right. as they don't have a penis, as long as they don't have a penis. Damn it, I was gonna have Nyla Rose. I was gonna there. put in Nicole Bass, but I guess Nyla Rose. All right, so that'll we'll do that, and then this is what I'm adding to that show. For next week, we are going to watch Stone Cold Steve Austin against Vince McMahon from St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Ah, that's a good idea. That's a that's a that's a good match. It's in a cage. Mm-hmm. And yes, we it have is. The, and we have the debut of Paul White. The big show. Yeah, I think that would be perfect to watch. It was a pay-per-view that I remember ordering. I paid for that pay-per-view. I bought that pay-per-view. Not me, my grandparents. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, it's a show that I remember fondly. It's a time yes. again I remember fondly, and I think it's a great match to watch for uh, St. Valentine's Day. I think that's a fantastic idea. Beautiful. I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful. Let us know what you think. You can find us on Instagram at 
Mark side of the ring. We are on Twitter at Mark side of ring. No, the in that. So there's a, the Mark side of the ring on Instagram and Mark side of ring on Twitter. Let us know what you want to hear. And Hey, let us know about our hall of fame ballots. I won the contest. Three of my guys got in. I can't help that. I'm smart. Just can't help it. Okay. And let us know about your uh, Mount Rushmore of girls. And, you know, if you get us some before next week, we'll read them on the air. If not, you can listen to ours and we'll watch Stone Cold Steve Austin against Vince McMahon in a cage, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I'd rather watch pillow fights and lingerie contests, but okay, fine, whatever. For Mike Madness, for Joey Vegas, I'm Dick Ford, and we'll see you guys next week. And so, goodbye. <laughs> and good night. Bye.